Okay, so, so yesterday we, we started this exploration of this idea of taking a new approach to connection. And the, the approach came through exploring a pasuk in Mishlei and a Maral that explains it in regard to chesed being a form of um, kapora. What does that mean? The pasuk says, the chesed of Ebes that somehow chet will be removed by chesed. And we began to explore this by recognizing what the nature of chet is and what the nature of chesed is and how one can actually adjust the, the, the other. And remember what we said is what is chet? Does anyone remember? What? Hate is a disalignment. Right. Misalignment. Hate is a misalignment. In other words, when there's something that needs to happen right now in the spiritual world and I don't sink in with it, I'm out of sync with it. That's called hate. I don't I don't get what's going on in this moment. So like it's almost like in, in social context, a hate would be when a person um, is socially inappropriate because he just doesn't get the nature of the energy of the room. So like a person may say something, which everyone looks at me and say, how could you have said that now? You know, let's say if a person walked into a, uh, into, into a house and they were all mourners and he starts cracking jokes. Like, people say, what are you doing? Like, don't you get it? It means there's a misalignment. The energy of the place where he's in, he's not getting it. He's not getting it. Or on a, even a more basic level, if a person like walks into a library, um, you know, in these big libraries where there's, there's, there's a lot of like emphasis on everyone's quiet and they're silent and he starts like talking like in a very loud voice. A hate is mean you're not getting the energy of the moment. And just like there's a, um, an environmental social energy to a moment. And when we're with people, there's a, there's, there's a, it's called tact. When you're tactful, you know to say the right thing at the right moment. And a lack of tact means you just don't get it. So there's a spiritual tact. The spiritual tact is when I get what the moment is. Um, the problem is that, that that's a lot harder. We need to be way more sensitized to pick up what that energy is. And generally, we don't have that ability as um, in our state of, of normal humanity. And that's, that's why we have the Torah. The Torah allows me to see, to become privy to what's actually going on in the world. And then I can respond tactfully to what the world's, what's going on in the world. So when I'm tactful on Shabbos, it means that I don't do malacha. It's like, it's the wrong thing to do now. I wouldn't do that. When I'm tactful on Tisha B'av, it means I'm not happy. When I'm tactful on Purim, it means I'm extremely happy and out of bounds. That's the nature. In other words, the, the tactfulness, spiritual tact requires understanding my environment and the energies. What's, what's going on right now? You with me? That, that, that idea itself is, I think, very, very empowering because it completely shifts our perspective of what Torah is. Torah is not this book of rules or this set of um, guidelines. It's telling me, it's teaching me spiritual tact. It's telling me how to do the right thing, behave the right way in the right moment. And when you don't do that, so there's a misalignment. It's like, you know, everyone else is, is sitting in a, in a, in a, in a house of mourning somber. And like, you're sitting there and you're busy dancing and cracking jokes. Like, what are you doing? Like, it's so, it's so not appropriate. Like, what are you doing? Um, that's one side of inappropriate behavior. And then there's another side. It's called super appropriate behavior. 
I mean, one person goes into house in the morning and he really gets the environment and he doesn't, he, he doesn't like, he doesn't go out of, he doesn't crack jokes. He just obey, obey, behaves appropriately. But then there's someone else that actually gets it in a way deeper way. And he's able to like extend himself and really get into the mind of the mourner and extend himself and like bring the mourner something that he actually needed. Say something about the deceased, which is perfectly poised. He like, don't go, he didn't need to do any of that, but he gets it so well that he's able to like almost find excellence in that moment. So there's no, a lack of tact that's called hate. There's tact that's called din. And then there's super tact, that's called chesed. So chesed means like there's such a deep alignment that you actually go beyond what's required of you. You get it, you really get it. And that's called chesed. And that's why a person who goes above and beyond the letter of the law, he's called a chesed. He's a chesed. And that's not only in terms of relationships, showing love to others, it's also... Um, do you want to just mute Shims because it's just this background noise which is calling? Yeah. Um, when, when you want to talk, you can just unmute. So, so then there's super tact. There's there's super tact where you get so deeply involved that you actually you you get, and that's what a chassid is. A chassid is not only a person that um, he does things out of love. Love means, and this is where we are starting to speak about narcissism. Love is the opposite of narcissism. Narcissism is when I can only see my own world. There's no one else in the world. It's just me and everyone else. I can only see them relative to myself. And their existence has relevance in as much as it gives me pleasure or um provides me with potential pain. If it's pleasure, then I engage with it. If it's pain, I avoid it. But there's no space for the other. And the process of chesed, the initial step of chesed, is actually getting out of my narcissistic self. And before I even get into chesed, it's just the recognition that there is the other. There's a whole, there's another world. And that the world isn't me. The world is a multiple universe. And in order for me to um, do that and to become super tactful or in love, in love, I need to be able to recognize the other. And the deeper I recognize the other, the more, the greater my capacity to sink in to what they need. And when I do that on the deepest level, so then I'm not only doing what I'm not only doing what is required of me, then I'm doing what's not required of me, but I get them so well. I get it so well that I'm able to go that extra step. That's how the Maharal explains you can be mechaper on a chait through chesed because chait is no tact. You totally misaligned. You don't get it bichlal. And then din is you get it. But the din doesn't undo the damage that the misalignment does. But chesed is the exact opposite. So it's super tact. So it actually gets you to a place that's the opposite of where we were before. And that's the, that's the kapoya. Amazing chat. Gewaldic. Okay. Yes, Gewaldic. Where does, where does it say that? Like you have a social action one to read this, uh, reread this myself. Um, this is in the Maharal in, it's called, the Sefer is called Nesivus Olam. And in the first Chalek, there's a, a, a Nesiv called Nesiv Gemilus Chasadim. And it's really the very first paragraph. 
of that of that um, nesiv. Shkayah. to you. Okay, so that's um, that's that. Um, good. Okay. So now, how does this go back to our question? And really, this this whole question is about actually making a choice in the moment. And we learned a very powerful lesson from the Baal HaTanya. The Baal HaTanya said that in order for us to stave off negative thoughts or behavioral patterns, we need to engage in an inner dialogue. And in a, in a dialogue, we have to speak to ourselves. And really, we said it's the Seichel speaking to the lave. And the Seichel has to say to the lave, do you want to? Surely, sorry, surely you don't want to lose your connection to Hashem. And don't you realize by engaging in this negative behavior, you're going to lose that connection to Hashem, which is really the catalyst for us to explore all these ideas. Because we said to ourselves, well, I don't know. I mean, do I feel that connection to Hashem? Am I really that contrite about giving it up? I don't even know what that is. And that led us to experimenting with tefillah. But now it's leading us in a different direction. It's leading us in the direction of experimenting with chesed. Because it seems to be that chesed is the necessary direction we need to go in, go towards in order to fully understand the nature of connection. But before we get to chesed, there's a stage where we have to acknowledge and be able to see our ability to leave our narcissistic self. Um, and the only way we can leave, we just want to welcome Jacob Janowski, who's dressed for the occasion. <laughs> nice. Early morning, New York City. Jacob Janowski makes the round. Sorry, New Jersey. Making the rounds, Rabbi, not me. I'm the one running this no-stopping business. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, also, also leads back to the, the chat that we learned quite a while ago about um, that love is this beam, this beam that you can learn to like shine down on, on like it's, it's, a, it's a beam and you can focus your love on something because it teaches us like not, it's not just a beam and now we're understanding what this beam is. So it's, it's like now, now when we shine this beam, we actually have to be looking at the other and understanding it from his perspective, and then we can love it. So it's like we're like understanding what this beam is. Excellent. In other words, now we're going deeper. You're right, Kiva. We previously had a discussion as to what we, 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 we explored the idea of can you fall in love? Is, some, is love something that's an accident that you fall into, or is love an act? And we see from the fact that there are certain... Um, 
instructions in the Torah that that we actually we told you you can love them so we can ask ourselves well that's nice but if love is something I fall into so then I'm an oinus I don't really choose that it's something that just happens by chance so you can't say to me well love Hashem well what happens if I don't fall in love with Hashem you can't say love your fellow man what happens if I don't fall in love with my fellow man so we explain that love is not an accident that you fall into love is a proactive choice that you make and you choose to love people and you can essentially choose to love anyone. So we think, well, okay, good, but well, how do you do that? So now we're getting a little bit more. Um, Could it be both? Like, like you can sometimes fall in love, but if you don't, then you have to simply do it. Um, no, I think I would, you know, if you may have an experience of feeling a tremendous pull towards a person, but in our definition of love, that may just be, um, I'll give you an example. Um, there, there's something called, in the modern psychological terminology, a codependent relationship. A codependent relationship means when there's a, um, a part of me, an unhealthy part of me, that requires some kind of external support. Yes? So, 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 for example, um, me, me, I, I was discussing this, this unhealthy relationship that I often have with, with, like, with, with people that I need approval. So, let's say um, we, we dissected an example of that with me and Akiva, that Akiva comes to share because um, he needs to please me. And I need Akiva to come to share because I need to feel validated. So that's a classic example of a codependency where an unhealthy part of himself is feeding an unhealthy part of myself. So we're dependent on each other, but that dependence that we have um, actually is um, robbing us of a real connection because really I don't want to teach him and he doesn't want to be here. So the, the real nature the real nature of our engagement is distorted. Instead of me connecting to him, it's my need for validation is connecting to his need to people please. And therefore there's no there's no authentic connection that actually occurs. So let's say when I fall one second, Janovsk, let's say when I fall in love with someone, so then let's say, well, what is it that makes me what what pulls me towards that person? So let's say it may be you know, if, if it's a spontaneous reaction to the person, that I see the person and immediately I feel pulled towards them, well, that would raise questions for me. Like, what is it that's pulling me towards them? Um, let's say maybe pulling me towards them, something that I feel a need for, um, it could be even like this. I need someone to um, validate Let's say that, 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 that I feel fall in love with a girl, and she happens to be very beautiful. So it could be that I need um, I need to be validated that I'm okay, and if I have a beautiful girl that likes me, that means I'm okay. So that pulls me towards her. It's not about her; it's about me. So then I create this unhealthy part, and then she may need someone who who kind of um, appreciates her. So then her need for appreciation is. So responding to my need for for status, and those two things become fused together. But I never see her, and she never sees me. Go on, Simcha. Yeah, but like, the, when it's a real connection, that can like come about 
just like uh, if you do it actively or can just you can like slowly happen to like really like recognize them without like actively doing anything and just have an actual connection without actively like trying to look for you mean that it could be that even though there may be unhealthy starts off it may progress to something more than that is that what you're saying yeah, without doing anything active. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I, I mean, listen, I, I can't... I, I, it would make sense to me that nothing happens automatically. It could be that there are things which happen and maybe they they subtle. But I think ultimately love is an act and um, maybe even in, in the short term it could it could sustain itself because I think there's enough of those codependent parts which are like um, shuffling together but I think in the long term things kind of start to unravel unless you you really start to act out of love and and master it yes Janowski I was going to say I was going to go in the same direction as Simcha by saying even if you have a codependent relationship there's still mycine going both ways there's still two people trying Taka even if their motivations are slightly skewed and not L'Shem Shemayim, quote-unquote, that it can get too L'Shem Shemayim when they both agree to work on it. Like, if we apply this backwards to, like, circle back to the conversation of tefillah, the more you dive in and the more you, like, are beaten in the words, the the more you're going to become to L'Shem Shemayim, theoretically. Okay. Over time. Yeah, so, so good. So in other words, just because the relationship begins on an unhealthy footing doesn't mean it will remain that way forever. Firstly, and secondly, it could be that with the relationship, you know, nothing is ever categorical and 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 black and white. Even in a codependent relationship, there are going to be healthy elements to it as well. Like let's say my relationship with Akiva, it's not purely codependency. There's a part of me that sincerely wants to teach him, and there's a part of him which sincerely wants to learn. So it's not like it's 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 never black and white. So it could be that there's areas which are salvageable. I'm just highlighting extremes in order to describe the idea to make it clearer of how real love works as opposed to narcissism and codependency. Yes? But but, but how, let's say the part of our relationship that you want to teach me and I want to learn. How is that still not a codependent relationship? Because it fills your need to teach that that's your last mission and fills my, like, I want to learn. So I'm still caring about myself. I'm still caring about myself. How does it still not a, a codependent relation? That's a great question. And I think that's really at the, at the heart of Chesed. And I, I don't know, I'm just going to suggest this and we can we can delve on it. It goes really back to a very fundamental philosophical question, which is, well, we start off with a basic principle of who Hashem is. And the basic principle of who Hashem is, is that he's the ultimate goodness and the ultimate perfection. Or in the words of the Ramchal, he's shleimus, he's complete. And the, by definition, being complete means you lack nothing. So now you've got this this this, this primordial being called the Bar-Olam that we really don't understand anything about. But one thing we can get, he's completely whole. He lacks nothing. So let's talk about a moment before the world's created. And Kiviachal, you go up to the Bar-Olam and say, do you need anything? And you'll say, No. So you'll say to him, well, what are you about to do? And you'll say, well, I'm, I'm about to create the world. So we'll say to him, what for? You don't need anything. 
And you'll say, it's not because I need anything, it's because I want to give to another. But I don't have to give to another, but I want to give to another. It's a pure altruistic act. It's not that giving to the other is something that I'm going to be lacking if I don't do it. It's that if I give to another, they'll be gaining. So the heart of chesed is this relationship where you're able to give, but if you don't, you stay in the same place. It doesn't, it doesn't make you feel lacking because you're not doing it for yourself. You're not doing it to fulfill a need. You're doing it for the other. If the other receives it, that's amazing. And if the other rejects it, okay, it's upsetting that they reject it, but it doesn't impact me. You following? Well, yeah, you, but Rabbi, you also, sorry, the heat was on. Talking, you also get lifted up in the process. You don't do it for yourself, but when you raise like the, the, like, the geschmack in your relationships with others, then that it comes back to you full circle. It's kind of like the idea of karma. Right, but that's, that, that's not a, that's not a, it's not filling a lacking. It's, it's more of an expansion that there's something else that you can engage, you can connect to, but it's not fulfilling a lacking. Like you're, so you're saying you're expanding yourself, you're growing your reach, you're like extending your arms to people around you, mm. and they're choosing to like latch on, like it's a chayim. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ah. Good. Okay. So, so now, so, so, so Akiva, in our relationship, in other words, there's a part of you, let's say, that, that doesn't need me to teach, need to, to learn, but it would be great if you could learn. And there's a part of me that wants you to know and really benefit and like give you the gift of, of, of an understanding that I have and I want to share that with you. Now, if you say, listen, I'm not interested in having that, that, that doesn't affect me. When do I know, inside me personally, when do I know that that's not happening is if I, I, I need you to have it. It has to be that way. And that what, that's how I'll describe what's called, a good way of describing is it's, it's like a power struggle. The minute I need you to be a certain way, then I know it's narcissistic. Then I know it's, 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 not, it's, not, it's not authentic giving. Because in authentic giving, I give. If you receive, that's amazing. And if you can't receive, that's, that's, that's sad, but it's not, it's not my issue. Um, in, in narcissistic giving, I need you to be a certain way and I can't accept you for not being that way because if you're not that way so then I feel um, I feel disappointed I feel frustrated I feel angry I feel angry I need you to be this and if you're not this so then I'm angry at you so if I'm angry at you well, what's going on over there it means that I don't want to give to you I want you to be something for me I don't want to give to you for you I want you to give something for me and like this is this is hectic, right? This is like I know this is this is basic stuff, but this is like this is like so hectic to actually proper use, yeah. proper proper use. This is like absolutely large and yeah, but it's it's like it's it's huge and it's also um, not easy. It's not easy to implement. Like those those narcissistic patterns are so entrenched, are so wired that to actually be able to go beyond it requires a lot of practice a lot of practice um, and awareness and I think the, the first the first state of awareness which is actually beautiful because it's, it's easy to notice is is anger 
So whenever I'm getting angry at anything or anyone, then I already know, oh, I'm struggling. I'm struggling to control. It's a control issue. And when it's a control issue, so then it's not long, not about love. It's about, uh, it's about me. It's about, you know, when, when it's controlling, then it's not about them, it's about me. And when it's about me, uh, it's unhealthy. Because it's distorted. It's, it's, it's not sinking into reality. It's like, it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's tactless. It's like, I'm not connected. I'm disconnected. When it's me, it's not about connection. When it's me, it's about me. It's about isolation. So actually, anger is a fantastic, is a fantastic warning sign to let me know that I'm um, disconnected. And I'm just trying to impose, um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to make the other person be like the way I want them to be, not for them, but for me. So that means I'm disconnected. Such, um, such a like, this is brought on like such a conscious part of me that's that, that made me conscious that I'm such a narcissistic person. It's, it's like, uh, like it's, it's actually so scary that like I could have left this place and literally not known about this, and it would have been the scariest thing for all my relationships in life. Which is like huge. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty. That is big. Um. Okay. Okay, good. So um Okay. So, so I want to I want to go a little bit further. Um, the, the, the truth is, I actually, I actually don't want to go. I don't want to go a little bit further. Actually, I want to stop here because I feel like this is this is like I, I feel like going forward would maybe just detract. Uh, I'd rather just leave it leave it at this point and let's just uh, digest. Simchus, what do you want to ask? Yeah. Then again, I was like so interesting, like how Hashem like made the world so you could give to it. Because it's like making like a, a void to fill, but you don't have to make the void. And if you don't make the void, there's nothing to fill. It's like creating a problem to fix it or something. It's like seems like it is for you. Um Okay. Great question. One second. Um, Remember what we spoke about before that we said, really, the ultimate creative power is love. Because love is when I'm able to take something outside of myself 
Whereas without love, so then it's always self-consumed. So I'm not creating anything. I'm just sucking things inside of me. I'm not, I'm not outputting. I'm just, I'm sucking in. So let's think about this, that love is creative. Um, love is creative. I, 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 want you, I want you to dwell on this. I want you to dwell on this a little bit, Simchush, because I, I know that there's 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 a lot to be spoken about this, and um, there's, I know there's an altar of Slabotka that says that Avram Avinu, through his chesed, he made the Malachim. He actually created the Malachim through his chesed. Um, so let's let's... Yeah, let's 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 ponder it. Let's ponder. Okay. Okay, I buy so who's, who's someone you know you know in life that like embodies like that's a lot today that like embodies real chesed? Is anyone you know that you can think of that like embodies real chesed? Hello, Akiva, I'm over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll tell you what I once. Um, Reb Ari Levine had a son called Rafael Binyamin Levine. Um, he was a, he was a big tzaddik, and I remember going. I, I visited him numerous times. He like sitting in this little shul just near the shuk. And what was so profound about meeting him was that just by being in his presence, I felt overwhelmed by love. And he had like this really beautiful way about him, but. Um, I went a couple of times, and sometimes I was to ask for, like, you know, a bracha because something was, some challenge or test was happening. And, um. <coughs> I, I was saying that, Rafael Binyamin Levine, he was a, he was a big tzaddik, and when you, when you, when I went to speak to him, it was profound, and I went often to ask him for brochas and when things were going not well. And um, once I went to Darwin for a person, or asking for a brocha for a person that was having a hard time during pregnancy, and he had like this very beautiful. He like he took a shekel from I don't know, from his wallet, and he said, "Yeah," and he gave it to him. And he said, "I want you to give this to Sadaka." <laughs> and like even though it was like it was like such a token, but it was like such a, a gesture that. Just his smile and his being and his vibe, I felt like he loved me. But the amazing thing was, he didn't know me. We never ne- never met before, so he didn't love me because he knew me. He loved me because he loved me. The love wasn't coming from me; it was coming from him. Do you understand? So that was a person that I really felt embodied this. Um, and I think, look, I think throughout life, and even in terms of ourselves, there are moments where we feel like this, and we meet people who are not maybe completely like this, but they have elements of this. So I think we have to be more alert and awake for, to find it inside of ourselves and to see it in, inside of others. Okay. How can you right, right, but I find someone else. Say again, Simcha. Can you like immediately love someone else if you don't even? Like know them at all. Well, because love is something that you, something you generate. It's not something. It's not. It's not. It's not reactive. It's proactive. So I can choose to love you. It doesn't matter who you are. So I can choose to love you as you walk into the room. So you have to like actively look for it. Like okay, all all open. We just we just be fleshing out the sugya. Don't worry. Not all answers at one point. Okay, Rabbi Sai.
So have a great yeah. have a great day. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Thanks, Rob. Ciao, ciao. Ciao.